when the children of Israel was brought out of bondage and they're wandering through the wilderness. And Moses goes up on the mountain to hear from God. And he's, on, he's gone just a, just a minute, and the people start talking about other things and other, um, let's do this. And, and they start, they're not fully, they were not fully invested in that vision of Moses. They were not invested in it. And so they were easily swayed into rebellion. And he had to come back and knock some sense into them. Oh, this thing's tall. Yes. <laughs> we're all hooked. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for a church that does love one another. I was just thinking as we were praying and coming, we had, okay. God gives every God-given ministry, the ministry that God starts. He gives a vision to the leader. He gives a vision to the leader. He doesn't give four or five visions to different people. He gives a vision to that leader. And so then the leader goes and they make that known to the people and people embrace that vision. Um, Psalms 92 says... In verse 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God, and they shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Hallelujah. When we hook up with one, with a vision, we got to know where we called to. Pastor just said it. Know where you're called to. And if you're not called to this vision, find the vision you're called to. And get with that vision. But get with that and stay with that. And not be running around all over the country and doing everything. Be loyal. Have your allegiance to that vision that God calls you to. Get a revelation of that vision. Learn that vision, what that vision is all about. And do that vision. Do that vision. Amen. If you try to leave and cannot leave and you keep coming back, guess what? You're called to this vision, to this vision. And every one of us here make that choice. We make that decision. Am I going to go ahead and do what God is calling me to do? Because I knew he was calling me to it. I knew it. Even though I was fighting it, I still knew this is where I was called to be. And I had to make that decision. Am I going, is this what I'm going to do? And when I said yes, then yes it was. And I don't go nowhere else and do anything else that I don't make known to her first. That's just the way it is. If you belong to an army and the Navy comes over and says, hey, could you come over here and uh, kill this, this uh, one person for us because we've been having trouble and we need, we need some help. And you are just so great at what you do. So would you come over here and help us? Well, that little platoony does not go over there with the, you know, he don't do that. He has, there's protocol. And you go talk to your leader. That is just, that's a sign of being submitted. That, well, have you spoke to my leader yet? Did you, did you ask my leader about that? What did my leader, did my leader say that was okay? You do that and they ain't never gonna ask you again 
because they know that you're not one that can be pulled off over here to help me do my thing. Yes, if that door is open, then they will keep. They will continue to pull on other people in that ministry. So somebody got to shut that door. You got to shut that door. Now, if God starts speaking to you about doing something, or if they come to your pastor and say, you know, I was praying and, and God showed me that so and so over here that teaching at, at this at our little Bible study, would that be okay with you? Yes. Yes, yes that'll be okay. You know, I mean, she hears from God. But when we go around, the, the word says <laughs> that the good shepherd goes through the door. He is the door. And any, anybody that goes any other way is not a good shepherd. They're a thief and a hireling. And they don't care about you. They're after their own good. They are after their own thing. And they don't care about you. They're using you, trying to use someone else's people. Brother Barbara, um, place matters. And in one place where God, where God puts you, he says you'll be like a tree planted by the water. And if you stay there, you'll flourish under this covering and in this ministry where you're supposed to be. But if you let someone uproot you and plant you somewhere else, there's no promise that you'll be a tree planted by the water anymore. Right. And there's other waters that are bitter. In the Bible, there's a lot of bitter water. And so um, place matters. It's where you grow. It's where he puts you. It's your, in the army. You, that's where favor is. Mm -hmm. That's where... Um, um, you, you work with pastor and you submit to the leaders and, you write and, you're, and you're brought into your destiny. They don't care about you like that. Mm -mm. No, they don't. But I thank God that we have, a, we have a vision here that is from God. And I know it because the vision's working in my life and there's absolutely no possible way that this vision can work naturally. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going to work naturally. How? Are you in the natural going to get free of something? You can go to a psychiatrist for decades and give them thousands upon thousands of dollars, and they might get you to where this began in you, but that's it. That's all they can do. They can't take, they cannot get that root out. There's no way that that can happen, and only things change and stop happening, stop occurring when that root comes out. When that very first judgment is taken care of and that thing comes out, that's when everything starts changing. Amen? And that's, this is a supernatural vision that was given by God. I've seen it happen in my own life. I've seen it happen in my family. I've seen it happen too many times for anybody to say anything else to me. I've already experienced that this vision works, that if I will get out of my mind and allow the Spirit of God, allow my spirit to connect with the Spirit of God and let him take me into prayer and pray what he wants me to pray, everything changes. Because, you know, I can, I can deal with... Um, a spirit of addiction, you know, like if I have an, an addiction to cigarettes or drugs or alcohol, whatever, you know, whatever it is. We have a lot of different kinds of addictions. And if I deal with that addiction, I'm dealing with the fruit that's hanging on the tree because that's what you see. That root, that main root is, you don't see that. You do not see that. And the reason that I am addicted to whatever is because of this root. 
Uh, we were ministering to someone here a couple of weeks ago one night, and one of the girls that was with me, you know, that was helping me, and we were a team working, you know, together. And um, when it was all over with, we were just sitting there talking because this person dealt with a root. And uh, this person said, you know, I used to do this. I used to be promiscuous. I used to do that. And, um, and I didn't really want to, but it just, I just did it. And, but I came here, and I found out why I did it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I found out why I was doing that thing. And whenever I dealt with that root cause of why I was looking for love in all the wrong places, amen, it stopped. It stopped. Hallelujah. They no longer do that. That behavior is not, it does, don't do that no more. Amen. That's the vision of Freedom Ministries. And I'm, I've been, like I said, I've told y'all before, I've been in church since I was an itty bitty. My grandparents took me before my parents got saved. Sitting on this front, first or second row forever. And this is the first time I've heard this. It's the first time I've heard anything like this when I came to Freedom Ministries. That there is a root cause to the reason you act the way you act. There's a root cause to the reason you behave this way. There's a root cause to the reason you're going around that mountain again. Same fight every three or four months. And we fight and have a blowout. And then we're okay for two months. And here we go. We're back around here again. And bam, that thing happens. Something happens again, and we in the same fight. That is a root. <laughs> That's a root. Also, beware of those roots yes. of bitterness. Yes. They spring up and defile many. They defile many. It's not just me that my behavior affects. It defiles many, many people. And that's why we have to get those roots of bitterness out. And I'm going to tell you, that's why the enemy fights this ministry. That's why he fights it. Because if I keep that root in me, I can defile a bunch of people. I can keep a bunch of people looking at Christians and saying, well, that Christian ain't no different than me. No different. But whenever I get to the root of that problem, when I get to that root and my behavior changes, then people are like, hmm, wait a minute. As Arsenio Hall used to say, hmm. That's what they'll do. They'll be like, I know her. I know how she used to be. I know what she used to do. And now all of a sudden, and I'm going I'm to see if I can poke that button. <laughs> Get a reaction. Let's see if that happens again. And it doesn't because we walk those things out. God teaches us how not to be led by our flesh, not to be led by my emotions, not to be led by that hurt and that bitterness. That root comes out. That don't mean that, okay, the very first root that I ever dealt with, ever got out, I came and I, and I was telling on my husband. That's what happened. I came to the office and I was telling on my husband because he needed help. I've been in church my entire life. I was in church my whole life, but my husband needed some help because <laughs> it was rough in the house. It was rough. And, and he, would, he would say something. He would, he would 
he would just do something. And I didn't, I wasn't responding right, but I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that. I, I, all I could see was he ain't treating me right. <laughs> and he's always making me feel so terrible about myself. And I feel like you just want me to obey you. That's all you want. And that, you know, you don't care about me. You don't care about my feelings. That was the root. <laughs> right there was the root. And it happened when I was like, well, I don't know what, five or six years old. And I judged my daddy for that. I judged him. He's just trying to make me obey. Because <laughs> we try to teach our children to obey. Because if we don't teach them to obey me, they're not going to obey God. And so he's trying to teach me how to obey him. Well, I judged him. That you don't care anything about me. You don't care how I feel. <laughs> I'm going to do it, but I ain't going to work it. There was somebody who said one time, I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> I'll sit down, but I'm standing up on the And that's the way that was. You know? I'll do what you say, but I ain't going to like it. And you're so mean to me. and you, <laughs> you don't care about me. All you want me to do is obey you. That's how I felt at that moment. Well, at that moment right there, the devil put a judgment in me. And a root of bitterness went boom. That's what happened. Oh, my word. Married that feeling. Yes, I did. Two times. Two times. And every really good friendship, like really strong, close, personal friendship with with girls, they were controlling, controlled me, controlled my thoughts, my emotions, you know. I just did whatever they wanted to do because I didn't want to rock the boat, although I rocked plenty of boats. You know, I told, I told Anna one time, I feel like I'm schizophrenic <laughs> because one moment I'm full of fear and the next moment you're just out there, you know. That's because there's all kinds of different things going on in here because of roots of bitterness. But I came and I started spilling my guts about what that man was doing to me. And he would, t I would, he would say something and then we would get in a fight and I would say, I'm sorry. And he'd say, I know you're sorry. You a sorry wife. I don't even know why I have you. And that man loves me. That man loves me. So I know it ain't that man. But I didn't know that at that time. All I knew was you sorry. You are the one that's, and that's what, whoa, here we go. It was bad. And I come to the place that it's either divorced or murder, and I'm not kidding y'all. I didn't care which one it was, but I am out of this relationship, out of it. Dad, I kept saying, come to my church. You can get some help. You can get some help. She can help you. Come on, she can help you. And I'm like, well, I can't go there because it's a woman. So the one place where I can get some help, the devil puts a stigma. He puts that thing in everybody's head because he don't want you getting no help. Because now I'm free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got free from that thing. Well, guess what happened? I went home. Pastor told me, she said, now you go curl up in that man's lap and you put your arms around him and you hug him and you tell him how wonderful he is. And I said, do you know how hard that's going to be, honey? 
do you want this to work? Yes, ma'am. Well, then go do what I said. That's a leader. Excuse me. That's a leader. And you can trust that. You can trust that. I can't trust it when that leader gets on my side and, yeah, he is sorry. You need to be, <laughs> you know. I can't trust that. But whenever they dealt with what's in me, I can trust that. And so I went home, and guess what? Started. It didn't stop. Just because I got deliverance, that thing didn't stop happening. That thing happened again. And Pastor Angie says, you got like two seconds to decide, am I going to obey God, or am I going to go with my feelings and tear you up? Again, and then be on the floor crying because you humiliate me. And so, I'm not real sure what I did that first time. I might have went with the <laughs> I might have gone with that one. I don't know. But, but real quickly, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, wait, that's that thing. Honey, I'm so sorry. I know you're right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that, and I'm asking God to help me. I'm asking him to help me. And, and we go on, you know, and, and, and a couple of weeks, everything's real good. And so you open your heart up, and boy, that life is good. This stuff's working. And then all of a sudden, that thing will attack you when you least expect it, and you don't know what you did. You don't know what you did. And, I, and it was like two seconds. Okay, this is that thing again. And you just sit there. God, help me. Help me, God. Don't let me engage in this, God. Help me, God. I, want, mm, don't, I don't want to feel depressed, God. You know, I don't want those feelings, but, the, but, that, but it's there. Those, see, we think that when we get delivered, all of a sudden, bam, that ain't never going to have that feeling again. No, no, I have to overcome that feeling. He says that we are conquerors and overcomers. What the world are we conquering and overcoming? me and so that thing happens again and I can say okay this is that okay okay God what do you want me to do I'm not going to say a word until you tell me to say something I'm not going to I'm not going to react God I'm not going to react and you sit there and you don't say a word until God tells you to say something and he may not he may not tell you to say anything and you just agree with your adversary quickly you talk about dying to your flesh. Lest a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it will die, it will bear much fruit. And so when I fell to the ground and died to that, and you're right, honey, and I'm praying, I'm asking God to help me. I'm asking him to help me. Fix this in me. I want to be what I'm supposed to be. Because I wasn't perfect. Oh, my goodness. You know? I mean, I, there, I, I have come to find out that, that there is an element of truth in all those things. You know? Like, I, I had let things go in the house. <laughs> and that's a stickler for him. He don't like that. He wants his house clean. <laughs> he does. And so sometimes I have to get up and clean it. It's, that, it's not fair. Life is not fair. But 
could be another route. I don't know. <laughs> it probably is. Thank you, Jesus. But whenever, but I have to learn to not allow those emotions to come to the surface and spill out. Lest a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. And so if I continue to let, to, to, to keep my life, to protect my life, to watch over my life, if I keep, if I continue to allow my emotions, my desire, my feelings out there, then I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be alone. But if I'll go ahead and put that in the ground, because the word says that I've been crucified with Christ, I already, I've been crucified with Christ. It's not me that lives, it's him that's living in me. Hey! Hallelujah. And that's the whole thing is allowing him to live through me. Connect. I'm going to tell y'all, the key is get up in the morning and connect with the Holy Ghost. Connect. And then you can go on your day, and, and when something happens, the Holy Spirit is quick to say, that's that thing. Don't respond. Keep your mouth shut. And then one day, the Holy Spirit's going to say, you need to confront. But you did. We don't confront in a week, okay? We are dead, dead to it all before he ever tells us to confront. And by that, by dead means it don't matter no more. It don't matter. Yeah, there's no emotion tied to that anymore. And whenever you stop reacting to it, that emotion starts going away. And then the next thing that happens is that action actually stops. My husband has not said anything remotely like that to me in, I'm going to say, 14 years. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, as far as he's concerned, I'm the cream of the crop. And he'll tell you that. He will tell every single one of you that. I, he says, that's a woman of God. We pulled up somewhere, and, and a woman gave me the California wave. I may have pulled out. I don't know what I did. Anyway, Keith said, I'm worried about her. I said, why? He said, you a woman of God. She better watch out what she does. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the vision of Freedom Ministries. That right there is the vision. To learn how to deal with those roots in us so that, so that the, I don't have no buttons. You know, we always say, you know, the devil knows where my goat's tied. Or, or you pushing my button. Well, I'm supposed to be getting rid of them buttons. Amen. Holy Ghost ain't got no button and he ain't no goat. So if I got a goat tied somewhere, I best, I best untie it. I best get rid of it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Hallelujah. Yes. Take it out of me. And he says to me, I'm asking God to take it out of Amen. me. Amen. Ah! That is how an unbelieving, not your husband's unbelieving, but an unbelieving husband is won by the actions, the lifestyle of the wife. And it works the same way. The unbelieving wife is won by the actions, by the lifestyle, by the conversation of the wife. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, he's coming and he's not going to find anything in me. And, and after, you know, a few things had happened and there were some other things that come to the surface, you know. And I heard Pastor Angie because we were in here praying one day and, and she said that she did this, that her and Brother Tim, there was some stuff going on and she just knelt down right there and said, God, help me. I don't want to do this. What am I doing? And she hadn't done anything, you know? And so we're sitting there, and, the, and this, that thing is happening again. And I'm not saying anything. I'm just sitting there. I'm sitting there beside him on the love seat, and, and he's just going, you know? And, I, and that came to me. And I'm like, it took me a few minutes. took me a few minutes to get up and turn around and kneel down in front of him on that love seat and start praying, God, Please show me what I'm doing to cause this in my marriage. I don't want this in my marriage, God. I want us to be one. Lord, please show me what I'm doing. Show me what I'm doing. And he just sat there. He, he didn't. And in a minute, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying. I'm asking God to help me. You know, but I felt something happen. And, it, and that's when it broke. That's when that thing has never happened again. Never again. When we just humble ourselves, that, you know, and just take the responsibility. Who cares if I'm right? That was a big thing in me when I came here. You needed to know I was right. But who cares? I got my husband. Thank you, Jesus. And I got both of my children and my daughter-in-laws and my grandbaby and more to come. Hallelujah. And my parents are here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And like I said when I started off, every God-given ministry has a vision. And just like Moses in Exodus, when God spoke to Moses and he said, I want you to go set my children free, and Moses went on to do that. And then they get free, okay? The children of Israel, um, they didn't really embrace the vision, but they liked it because it was going to get them out of bondage, okay? But something happens when you embrace the vision. And we need to embrace this vision, okay? Um, let's go look at numbers. I think it's 13. Thank you, Jesus. This is the first, like, scripture we've turned to, and this is Sunday school. We've been saying scriptures, haven't we? Numbers 13 and 27. Um, this is when they send the, the 12 spies. God has given them the promised land. And Pastor Angie said it perfectly. What is the promised land? Me getting all my prayers answered. Hey, that's the best promised land. Goodness, me getting all my prayers answered. That means all my family, all my friends, all my everything. My job, and then we're going to go into my city, my church, you know, my nation, the other nations of the world. Because it never, because once you start getting this revelation of this vision, it ain't about me. I got to get some stuff out of me, but it ain't about me no more. And he starts bringing me into the nations of the world. Hallelujah. So they sent the 12 spies to check out this land, okay? 
And then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and truly it flows with milk and honey, and, and this is its fruits. And they brought back those grapes, you know, that it took all of them to carry. I mean, you know, this place was amazing. Um, and he says, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land, they're strong. They're big. <laughs> mm. The cities are fortified and they're very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites. Well, God told them it was full of all them ites. He told them it's full of ites. Well, what's an ite? What's an ite? Anger, rejection, rebellion, witchcraft, ites. Those are ites. That's what ites are. Because that's what everyone in people re represented. Um, let's see. Let's look. They, they're just whining. You know, I don't know if we can do this. We can't do this. But then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. We can do this. Y'all, God done said this was our land. This is our land. And he said, I've given it to you. All I want you to do is drive anger out. Drive control out. That's all you got to do. Find out why you got that addiction and drive it out. And you're getting into the promised land. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So Caleb said, we can do this. We are well able to do this. Because God's given us this land. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone has spies in a land that devours its inhabitants. And all, don't you know that's what the world does? It, inv it devours. It devours you. The enemy devours you. It devours your prosperity. It devours your health. It devours your family. It devours everything about you. But God said, it don't have to be that way. I am the one that wants to be in control of your life. And if you'll step on over here into this promised land that you're going to have to drive some stuff out now, you're going to have to. But I've given it to you. I've given you the ability to do this. Just hook up with me, hook up with my vision, and come on, let's do it. Hey, hallelujah, hallelujah. Something happens when you embrace a vision. Something happens. Let's go on over to chapter 14 and look at verse 7. Moses, Moses they, they're giving him this bad report, and so Moses and Aaron have to go to see God. They got to go see God because, God, you said this was our land. And every one of these people is scared now to go. Verse 7, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Don't rebel against the Lord. This is the vision of the Lord. This is a, we didn't, 
pastor didn't make up this vision. Wasn't sitting around one day going, hey, I think I'll just say, let's, let's learn how to live in 100% victory, 100% of the time over 100% of the enemy. That sounds like a good slogan. That's a good logo. We should print that on something. That's not what happened. <laughs> That's a crazy person. <laughs> what would try that? But God spoke and said, I want you to rise up and cross at Arkansas and build me an army that knows how to live in victory 100% of the time, that 100% of the enemy is overcome by them. Amen. And when you embrace a vision, something happens. I lost where I'm at. Uh, don't rebel, nor fear the people of the land. Don't fear that control. Don't fear that rebellion. Don't fear that religion. Don't fear that devil stealing, killing thing. Don't fear it. I have given you what you need to overcome. I have given you everything you need. Hey, thank you, Jesus. You give me everything. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that pertains to overcoming. Everything that it takes to fulfill this vision, I've given it to you. I have given it to you. Better be scared. Yes. Down on yes. the inside of me. Yes. Yes. And I know it is. That's why that thing starts going... And manifesting. I'm going to just tell y'all, that's what happens when you come here. When you start coming here to this ministry, and all of a sudden things start happening in your life that hadn't been happening for a little while, that thing is manifesting because it is terrified. It's fixing to come out. That is, that's what's happening. And if you will stick in there, dig your feet in to this vision right here, you will get free. You will get free. Ha! And then you will be able to get someone else free. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I will get free and I can get somebody else free. Glory to God. It's about setting our people free. That's what it's about. It's about setting our people free. Our family and our friends are, they're in bondage. They're in bondage and God is trying, he's raised up an army and he's trying to get us to see, come on, come on. I want you free and I want your family free. Thank you, Jesus. He is always holding up fingers to me. But somewhere in here, yes, he's wonderful at it because I sure don't know what time. But, the, but, but Caleb rose up and he said, no, we can do this. And it says that there was another spirit on Caleb. Another spirit was on Caleb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and because that other spirit was on him, he went on in to possess the land. Well, what was that other spirit? Yeah! <laughs> it was the spirit of Moses' vision. He grabbed a hold of it. And he said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. I know these are giants. I, I, they in my own life. I know it. But God said, this is my land. 
God said, I have this land. God said, I can, I can drive these things out. God said, God said, God said, God said. That's what we go by is what God said, not what I feel, not what I think. And when you embrace the vision, the anointing, the anointing of that vision comes upon you. To fulfill the vision. It comes on you to fulfill the vision. And you don't have to worry about it. No, I can't do it in my natural self. But I'm going to embrace the vision of Freedom Ministries. I embrace it. I embrace it. God, you said I could be free. You said I could be free. And you said this was the way to get free. So I embrace this vision, God. I embrace it. I learn how to pray this way. This way. And the anointing comes on you to do this very thing. I didn't know how. I've been raised up in church my entire life. I didn't know how to pray like this. I didn't. possessed his land he possessed his land and he was an old dude and he possessed that land and when he possessed that land he said where, where's, where's more <laughs> thank you Jesus it's not too late for us it is not too late we embrace it until we are dead we're surrounded by people Yes. We're surrounded by someone who needs something that we have. Yes. We can be retired and there will still be people yes. in our realm of influence. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop. It does not stop. There's no such thing as retirement in the kingdom of God. There's retirement in the kingdom of darkness. <laughs> in the world, there's retirement. But there's no such thing as retirement in the kingdom of God. It says for the old women to teach the young women. It says for the old men to teach the young men how to be sober and single eye. How to, how to take care of their families. How to, how to get a hold of God for your family. How not to just, God, <laughs> help me. How many times do I still say, help me, God? I'm not against that. I'm not saying that we don't make our supplication known. Not saying that we don't, we don't, what am, I just lost my train. I'm not saying that we don't make my request known to him. But there is another way to do. There's another way. There's a place that I can go that's deep in the spirit realm, and there ain't but one way to get there. And that's by the Holy Ghost. And in Romans 8, 26, when I don't know how to pray. When I don't know what to pray, when I don't know why my me or mine is acting this way, when you go into the spirit realm and God shows you, he shows you the very root, what's in the foundation of that church. 
and you pull that thing down and they leave your people alone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We embrace the vision of Freedom Ministries that you gave this vision to us, God. You gave it to us and we embrace it. And I will be planted in this court of my king. And in my old age, I will be fat and flourishing and I will have fruit hanging off of my tree that somebody can pick and they can receive nourishment from it, God. That you get me free and I get someone else free, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the vision that you gave Freedom Ministries. Thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name.